Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Stuff I Don't Like podcast, hosted by me, Ray Benjamin. On every episode, we seek to educate our listeners with a mix of humor, honesty, and zero chill. You can follow us on Instagram at Stuff I Don't Like Podcast, and now I'm happy to announce we're on the iHeartRadio app, so you can find our podcast there. Just search for Stuff I Don't Like. So wherever you're listening to the show, I want you to do me a huge favor. I want you to like, comment, subscribe, share it with your friends so the show can continue to grow and excel. On Facebook recently, I've been seeing the show's been getting a lot of new likes. I don't know where that's coming from because I don't really go on Facebook that much. (laughs) But thank you. Shout out to all the new fans and new listeners. Um, I love you know when you guys leave comments or dm me or message me so keep it up and thanks for your support if you didn't know i'm also if you didn't know i also um have co-written and produced a new cartoon web series called julisa who it's a one minute animated show that follows the adulting fails of the title character julisa whether Julissa's trying to avoid her annoying co-workers or an unsolicited threesome at a coffee shop, her inner thoughts rarely match the unbothered demeanor she pretends to maintain. We post new episodes on Instagram every Tuesday, and you can follow us at Julissa, that's J-U-L-I-S-A underscore W-H-O, or you can visit our website at julissahoo.com. So now that we got all of that fun stuff out of the way, let's go ahead and start the show. What up, fam? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here with Katie, my one of my favorite guests I have on the show. You've listened to Katie talk about dating, talk about finance. We're here to take a deeper dive into the finance world. Um, Katie is also known as Millennial Money Honey on IG, where she gives you know financial tips, especially focusing on women um, in their twenties and early thirties, and how we can make you know more sound financial decisions that can pay off later in life. So thank you, Katie, for joining me. Thanks for having me again, Ray. Always happy to be here. (laughs) So Katie um, was explaining to me about this FIRE method, which I had never heard of before, but I think it's trending. And um, it's basically a movement to retire early and how we can maximize our savings. So I I wanted, I thought this would be a cool topic for the listeners. If anyone, you know, like hates their fucking job you want to you want to quit you want to retire so katie what does fire stand for first of all so fire stands for financial independence retire early and basically it just means that after a certain point you reach this threshold of financial independence which i mean is essentially where the money you've saved and through investing it's earning you more money and those earnings yearly are essentially enough to cover all of your financial needs for 
without having to do anything. So retire the whole retire early part is definitely like kind of a work optional. I don't necessarily love like I mean it's a flashy term. It's very much like retire early like oh my gosh, that's <laughs> that's not normal like to be able to retire quote unquote at you know, my goal is 30 38 um so 10 years from now, but um yeah, I think it's kind of more of a buzzy term mm. just to to kind of get people intrigued. Um, but yeah, the idea of financial independence is that you that's essentially, yeah, that's, I think, really what the goal of um, this movement is, is to be financially independent so that you don't have to depend on work or your income from outside sources. Okay, okay. So how do you get to this point? Because when you hear people say, like, I want to retire at 38, like you said, that Mm -hmm. is sort of unheard of. So what are the steps that, say, I'm 30 right now, I'm going to retire when I'm 40. What are some steps that you recommend? Yeah, so one of the first things is just, like, tracking your overall spending. So you know within a target number how much you need to save for to generate like your supposed income for the year so that is and you just calculate that by tracking your monthly spending um and kind of averaging that out and then on top of that a lot of people in the fire movement also track their savings rate so how much income you're earning how much your expenses are and the percentage of that so a lot of fire people generally live well 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 below their means like 50 percent and just living below your means allows you to achieve financial independence a lot quicker I, I agree because I feel like you all you always hear people say live within your means but you really should live below your means. Like the first person I heard say that was Susie Orman. Mm -hmm. She said that. And I had never thought of it that way. Um, I think it's easy. Like if you make $10,000 a month, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of money. So you might be living at a level where you're spending $9,000 a month because you're like, hey, I make $10,000, let me spend $9,000. But really, you don't really need to be spending $9,000 a month. I think that astounded me. A lot of times people, as their income grows, their expenses just grow. Yeah, that's like lifestyle creep for sure. But like if you're able to save and maintain like a normal lifestyle, then like you're essentially able to reach financial independence so much faster. Oh, I agree because, like, uh, I'm a writer, so I'm working as a script coordinator on a Netflix show right now, but I was also a writer's assistant on another show, and it really boggled my mind because these people were making so much money. Like, if you're a writer on a television show, at the bare minimum... You're making, if you're working steady, um, you're making probably 180000 200000 a lot. year. I think one of, and we had higher level writers on my show. So that's like an entry level job you're probably making. The lowest paid writer is probably making a hundred, a hundred to 120000 a year. Mm-hmm. And every level basically your pay is doubling every time you you move up a level so i think the lowest paid writer on our show is making around 250,000 that That's was the lowest wild. Pay. but they would talk about their financial issues constantly and i literally 
I'm like, you people are fucking rich. Like, what are you complaining about? I literally, it made me angry because I'm like, there's people that really don't have that much money. And like, there was one guy who said he only had one month of savings. And this guy was probably making hundreds of thousand dollars of a year. And he only had one month of savings. That's wild. So when you say the lifestyle creep is so true because it's like, if you're making five hundred thousand, but you're spending four hundred fifty thousand, like mm-hmm. you might as well not be. You might as well be making fifty thousand. Like I think, um, I think it's part of our culture where like excess and showing, like showing your wealth. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a term for that? Conspicuous consumption. That's the term. Oh, you didn't know that. No, term. I didn't know that. Drop some knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> A conspicuous consumption is like I think a very American thing, uh, where basically you want to let everyone know how rich you are. Yeah, <laughs> like, or like keeping up with the Joneses, yeah, kind of exactly. like having that you know display of status, exactly, quote unquote. Exactly, and so I think that we don't need to mm-hmm. do that. Um, yeah, I feel yeah, like-, like this whole fire movement is actually. Um, one of, like, the founders is a person called, like, Vicky Robbins and Joe Dominguez, and they're, like, essentially when they wrote, wrote this book called Your Money or Your Life, um, it was actually, and the, they kind of started this whole concept of financial independence, but it was not to get people to be financially independent it was very much an anti-capitalist anti-consumerism book yeah um and you're actually the one who had told me to listen to a podcast with vicky robbins on it and i thought that was really interesting and i i you know the the book itself was a little bit granola kind of (laughs) hippie like they are well ahead of their times for sure um but but it's true yeah i think that um like you said a lot of things that we spend money on we don't need um and it fuels just consumerism and capitalism so i think when you say to someone oh save 70 percent of your income a lot of yeah, people are like what oh, the fuck, fuck? yeah when you actually do a deep dive and think about the things you spend money on um, I was inspired by Katie because one year she didn't buy like anything for the year that was unnecessary pretty much. And so I was really inspired by that. I couldn't go a whole year because, you know, uh, I like to floss. <laughs> Sorry. I know I just said that's bad, but I'm working on it. I'm trying. So I didn't buy any clothes for seven months one year. And that was, like, extremely difficult for me. If anyone knows me, you know I love to be styling. Mm -hmm. I love clothes. (laughs) Um, So I didn't buy any clothes for seven months. And I realized, like, oh, I really don't need this many clothes. And I think think a lot of times we buy things not because we need them, just because for, like, the short adrenaline rush, it makes you feel better. There is definitely like a high you go through when you get something or when you get a package and like when you shop and you make that purchase and definitely like that first few months of doing that no buy year I was going through like withdrawals like it it's like it took everything in me to like you know not not shop so I understand like 
that there's a high. (laughs) There is a high. And then you realize, like you said, a lot of things that we complain about could easily be solved through not buying stuff. I think that just think of, you know, with the the recent, you know, environmentalist movement. I see everyone's mm-hmm. mad. Everyone's propping up the little white girl, whatever her Good. name is. <laughs> Sorry, little white girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. But everyone's propping her up for saying shit that, you know, indigenous people have been saying for uh, years. No disrespect, <laughs> little white girl. <laughs> but, <laughs> the white people always steal it. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. But my point is that like a lot of these problems would be solved if we just don't buy things like i feel like i mean i do think that you know corporations and corporate waste is a huge problem but we fuel corporations we 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 vote with our wallet a lot of times like maybe politicians won't listen to us but we vote by buying certain things by consuming certain products and i honestly think that a lot of this stuff is just bullshit like virtue signaling being trendy like oh yeah i love the environment but i'm still gonna buy this new iphone 11 even though i bought the 10 last year and then like do you realize how much bat like battery cell phone batteries are big fucking drain on the environment and a lot of the same people that are propping up little white girl are buying a new phone every eight months that they don't need like they're buying enormous amounts of clothes clothing waste is a number two polluter in the world so i feel like if we really believed these things our actions would show different and the system would have to change to meet the demand of the consumers yeah i think that's why like i'm always not like very into going on like those like environment strike or like marches or blah 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 it's like just do something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do yeah, something I about like it. We... Not to not to hate on people who go support like women's marches and whatever, oh, but <laughs> no, I'm just saying marching is cool, but action there needs to be action from the marches and from your Instagram posts and angry tweets. Like tw- tweeting is not going to save the world, but taking action, you know, might save the world. Yeah. And we don't have, I think we need to empower ourselves and we don't have to wait on a government to tell us to to do something. We can take actions ourselves and do yeah. something because it's small, but if everyone takes a small action, then it adds up. For sure. Yeah. Well, this took a political turn. <laughs> well, that's but- my show. <laughs> But I think I think it is very political like that it reminded me of the minimalism documentary. Mm-hmm. I think that for me really um changed my relationship. Is that the one to... by the minimalists? Yeah, yeah, Got it's it. on Netflix. I need to watch that. It's really good, but I think it really made me change my attitude towards buying stuff mm-hmm. and I realized I was just doing stuff out of habit out of like a quick a, a rush and and I didn't really need these things and if you really think about it a lot of fucked up things in our society are propped up by by us buying them and we don't really need them so I think that more than just a financial independence mm-hmm. of like hey I don't need to work I think by not buying stuff you can really help affect things um so funny so 
in I know, I mean, I kind of know your thoughts, but I just want to get it on, <laughs> on the podcast. Um, you say how your wallet influences, pow- like has power. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about, well, we are both members of the Equinox oh, Gym. Yes. <laughs> We're about to go work out after this. <laughs> um, how do you feel about that whole movement to like boycott Equinox? I think this was foolish. Me and Katie have talked about this, for one. Because, A, it was an investor in Equinox that supports Trump. It was not the owner of Equinox, not the primary shareholder. He's an investor in Equinox, as I'm sure he's an investor in many companies. It came out he was an investment in, like, toilet paper, like the biggest toilet paper manufacturer. I can't remember which one, but it's like, are you not going to wipe your ass now (laughs) to stick it to the man? (laughs) No. And also, I was a former Equinox employee, and I will say that Equinox probably... If you, I know a lot of people were mad because you know Trump has anti LGBTQ policies, but Equinox is probably the most LGBT friendly place you could go work out at. You could um, work as an employee, and I think that boycotting Equinox would only result in low paid workers getting fired because they don't. If there's less members, they don't need as many you know, workers, and that guy who's an investor is still going to be rich at the end of the day. It's like, oh, he might go from $1 billion to $9.8 billion, or $9.8 million. $900.8 million. I'm not good at math. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I'm saying the point is that's not directly affecting the cause. If you don't like Trump, that's in one instance where I say you should go vote. I feel like... <laughs> There's there's indirect causes and direct causes. And I feel like uh, getting mad at one person who's an investor in a company, does that doesn't make any sense. He doesn't own the company. He's rich anyway. And you divesting from this is ultimately, he's yeah. still going to do his thing. <laughs> so what difference does it make? Totally. Whereas if we know that the clothing industry is the biggest second biggest polluter and a lot of it is because of fast fashion um they're constantly pumping out new clothes trying to manipulate you into thinking that you need Mm -hmm. new clothes when you don't really need them landfills are full of clothes a lot of times what's fucked up i saw in the minimalist documentary companies will just straight up burn set piles of clothes on fire it's cheaper i think it's yeah and also because they don't want to like donate them to goodwill or anything because that will flood the market and it'll dilute their value and so they'd rather just set a clothes on fire rather than giving them to you know people in need or Mm -hmm. someone that could use them to force you into buying the next shipment of clothes Mm -hmm. and a lot of these clothes end up in landfills so if, if i was like you know what i will buy half the amount of clothes that i bought this year and if everyone bought half the amount of clothes they bought the retail the industry would go crazy. Exactly. I feel like I that's mean, more like, of a direct... Forever 21, what? They're going bankrupt, right? So. Yeah, they are. Which I was shocked about, to be honest. 
But but my point is companies like that should go bankrupt because <laughs> yeah, or... well they treat their workers like trash. The Forever Twenty One guy was enslaving immigrants oh. just in downtown L.A. Like he basically had all these uh uh immigrants working for him, stole their passports and stuff so they wouldn't be able to leave. Said if they told anyone, they'd call immigration on them. So yeah. <laughs> But I'm saying fast fashion as a whole, you know, hurts our planet Mm -hmm. a lot. And that's something that we can take direct action and just be like, oh, I'm not going to. Even if you can't afford to buy things. This is one thing. I used to be very cheap. Mm-hmm. I still am very cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I used to be very cheap. Like, when I was younger, I would go to Forever 21 and buy all the shit because mm-hmm. it was $3. Yeah. And then... It, it it's poorly made it's shitty so you have to keep buying new stuff because it wears down it's not made well and i think oh i'm saving money because it's three dollars but really you're not like if i have to buy 23 dollar things because they keep wearing down it it actually makes more sense to buy one yeah. well-made thing like one leather jacket yeah i would of... keep buying all these fake leather jackets that were twenty dollars and they'd start flaking and peeling and i'd have to get a new one every few months and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna invest a couple hundred dollars and buy a nice leather jacket and i can keep this probably the rest of my life yeah, no so i think that um it, that's good for the environment because I bought one thing instead of 20 things. So I think buying less and buying higher quality things is also a way. I feel like we don't, you know, everything is connected and we don't think about how much waste goes into it. Like for me, I was trying to eliminate packaging waste. Mm-hmm. Because think about how much, like, yeah, that's why everyone, everyone's mad about the fucking straws. Like, like, I feel like people are so easily manipulated by bullshit things. Oh, yay. We stopped some straws. Like the lid still is made of plastic. (laughs) What difference? Like there's like more plastic in the lid than there is in the straw. Like, and even like our, our old coworker sent that link about the aluminum can water. Mm-hmm. Were you on Slack when Elliot sent that ad? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. like the demon water or whatever. Yeah, 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 But it was, I actually learned reading that website that they were saying like plastic is actually, even though we recycle plastic, it's largely unusable because the quality right. is so Aluminum degraded. Is more yeah, you can't, it's like such a small percentage of plastic is even reusable so we think we're doing good by recycling Recycling, but it's still wasteful and that aluminum is actually better you you can actually reuse it it. whereas Mm -hmm, plastic mm -hmm. is like you can't really reuse it for plastic it's usually turned into like low-grade fabrics and stuff like that so this guy started a water company where it's in an aluminum can instead of a, a water, a plastic water bottle. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for just having your own water bottle, yeah. but sometimes you can't do that. But I'm saying yeah. the canned water, that was actually a smart like, oh, and I learned something new. And that is true. So um, I think... Now with Google and information is readily available, I know it sucks as consumers that we have to do this. And I think that's why a lot of people are like, well, government, just 
solve everything for us and don't allow this to be happening. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, people are like, well, government shouldn't be telling us what to do. Mm-hmm. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah, yeah. So I feel like, you know, we, we can be educated consumers. It takes a little bit longer. Yeah. But I'd rather do that than to wait for somebody to no, regulate yeah. me. Yeah, change is definitely, me. you can affect change in your I own think, life. Yeah. Easily. And I think it's really true with, you You see market shifting. Like, I, now all of a sudden it's cool to have, like, no high fructose. Everything's organic and natural. And that's a big shift then from when I was a kid. Yeah. And that's because the, people were buying unhealthy shit less. People didn't want that shit. So the yeah. market had to shift mm-hmm. to create a different product. So I think people... Like, a lot of retail industries are failing, but the ones that are, aren't failing are ones like Everlane or Reformation, where their whole ethos is to lower waste, to produce high-quality things at um, without as much waste and, and pr- production, you know, fuck-ups. And, and just, I feel like the ones that are doing well, it's because they're responding to the shift in the market that mm-hmm. people don't want wasteful things. Mm-hmm. They want high-quality things at a good, decent price. Well, I wouldn't call all of them decently priced, but... Well, I mean, Everlane, I think, yeah, is Everlane. a good price. Right. Reformation's That's overpriced. Price. Yeah. But their whole thing is that they're not wasteful. Yeah. There's other... There's a brand I like called Fame and Partners, where yes, everything is, like, made, made to, to order. order. And I feel like that. this is basically... I think we just need to go back to the olden days. Reusable things. Like, when my mom was a kid... There was a milkman. You put the like oh, glass yeah. oh, cartons out, <laughs> yeah. and the milkman would come and refill so, your fucking yeah. milk bottles, and you take them in. Like, to, it's not so weird that you know we could just go back to that. <laughs> like, we, there's it's much less wasteful. It's the uh, we landfills would be mm-hmm. depleted if we just went back to more of a reusable. Model. Yeah, that's. I feel like people like my my grandma just like you saved everything or like recycled or reused everything to like and yeah, it's just, yeah. most people don't take the time though these yeah, days. Yeah, but I feel like that's how it used to be. Yeah. So it's not so absurd to ask people to like not be wasteful. That's <laughs> Yeah. This was way off topic. This this, <laughs> went, this took a turn. <laughs> that, that's me. So well, back, no, I mean it's all interrelated though I too. You know, is. like this finan- the whole movement of financial independence, minimalism, sustainability, environmentalism. Like I think, I think they all, all. Yeah, they, they all go together. Yeah. there might be some people who want to do fire because they really just want to get cash out and not have to work and then there's some that also realize their impact on the environment i think that is most of it like a lot of some of the um people in this like fire community definitely are very low impact like low waste zero waste like people um and that not only is like that good for the environment it's good for your wallet like yeah things like that so they go hand in hand i agree i always say you know, poor people are the original environmentalists. <laughs> like, when I was a kid, 
every time I left a room, my mom, turn off the light! (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, that's, like, Like, classic. (laughs) Like, we were reusing shit, like, the old fucking, like, the butter tub. That Mm -hmm. was my cereal Mm -hmm. bowl. Mm -hmm. Like, we reused shit out of necessity. And now it's cool to yeah, yeah, to turn like, off lights. Uh, and turn off your light. Oh, some people are like go as far as like to unplug all their appliances. Oh, too. my mom, we oh, did what? that. Toaster, <laughs> unplug that toaster. Unplug yeah, not making. Toast. But actually, yeah, it, it, the people who do it, and I've oh, I've seen do it like on Instagram. They've saved a lot of money exactly. on their electricity bill, so, this so it like, makes a difference. I've been doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Poor people. <laughs> but um. But yeah, so what what is like your target savings then as a fire person? How much do you save of your income? I mean, I naturally before I even started like tracking my fire journey, I only started in September. Um but um through my Wealthfront app, I can see like it says my savings rate and it was around like 63%. Mm. Just like and with and that's me not even even tracking anything like I didn't try I don't try and I've never I don't budget honestly I'm not oh, a, but you just say you need to track all you your do money. You, like now I am but and I now I track but I don't set myself a budget or anything oh, okay. it's just like I automate everything I put it all away like as soon as a paycheck drops like it goes out into all my savings investment like retirement accounts and then whatever is left over, it's just like, okay, I can spend it. And I don't really, like, that's how I budget, which I know isn't for everybody. And some people, like, need to allocate every single dollar to, like, do its job. But, um, yeah, so 60%. Um, last month, it was something, how much was it? It was 70? 70? 70%. Um, for, in September. This month, it's going to be, like, a little bit less, but, yeah, around, I'm trying to hover around between 50 and 70% of, like, So, savings. what are your living expenses every month? Like, how much of your, in, like, your rent, your gas, whatever, do you know that? Like, how are you able to save so much? Yeah, so, I mean, I have relatively low monthly expenses, which I acknowledge my privilege 100%. I don't have any um student loan debts I don't have any car um I paid for that outright and um so my monthly expenses are about 2500 oh that's not that 2500 yeah okay so like and that's it, it fluctuates but that's how much so my savings goal for my emergency fund of six months is like I have 16000 saved in that. But just like rent is $860. Utility is about 150 Health insurance, $300. Um, transportation. high ass insurance. Well, I, I just, <laughs> I actually have that since I'm, I just started freelancing. So actually this isn't a true expense yet. Okay. I just have that budgeted. I don't really know how much health insurance costs. So that's what oh, I was yeah, like. It's not that much. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, transportation, $120. Groceries, also super low because I, right now, my current job I'm at, I get free lunches. Oh, okay. Um, so it's only $80 in groceries, just, and they serve dinner too. After, oh, if damn. you stay after 6.30. Okay. Um, so because of that, like my grocery bills are super low. And I generally, I don't know, eat a lot of 
like She's frozen. Trash. You need to eat better. Yeah, I do. I do. Okay, that's like one. Goal. You don't need to sacrifice your health. <laughs> yeah, it's more out of like yeah laziness. I think it's laziness. My, yeah, Why it's you not help for one of those like methodology or some shit. What's that? It's like, like a, a meal delivery. delivery. Yeah, but maybe. I like methodology because there it's all reusable. They oh. put it in glass. And oh, that's they nice. Take them back. Oh, I'll look into that. Yeah. Have you used them? No. no, but I see their ads on Instagram. Okay, well, maybe. And it looks delicious. I know, I have a friend that uses it. And she, and she really likes, likes it. it, yeah. It, it, like, tastes as, like, good as yeah. you would cook. That's the thing, too, because also, I mean, like... you're not cooking I'm that not good. Cooking. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's <laughs> My bar is low. Um, <laughs> drinks and, like, going out is $200. Gym is $213. And then a random fund of miscellaneous $600, so... Okay. Yeah, that's my what I spend okay. on. That was part one of my interview with Katie, aka the Millennial Money Honey. We had such a great time talking that I split it up into two so we could really deep dive and get in there with the financial advice for the FIRE method. So tune in next week where Katie will give specific investment tips on how to save and, you know, really actions you can take to start um, saving and investing your money today. I also address, you know, what I consider a privilege. I also address, you know, what I consider to be like the elephant in the room for a lot of these financial influencers, which is privilege. I think a lot of times you see these young people that are retiring at 30 or whatever, and uh, I think it's unrealistic. A lot of them, you know, they might not have student loans. They might have their lifestyle subsidized by their parents. So I address that with Katie and um, we talk about how the average person can really take steps to save and empower themselves without, you know, the resources that some of these people may have. So please check it out. Um, Wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe, rate, leave us a review. Five stars only. I'm about that five-star life. Um, Also, visit the website, stuffidontlike.net, and our Instagram, at stuffidontlikepodcast, to stay up to date with the latest news and trends. You can also check out um, the cartoon that I produced and co-wrote. It's called Julissa Who. You can visit us at julissahu.com, J-U-L-I-S-A-W-H-O.com for all of that goodness. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you next week.